Hey, it's Neville Medora here, and today is the April, Friday, 9th, 2021 edition of The Stupid Email. The Stupid Email is a swipe, a thought, uplifting, picture, interesting, and drawing. So let's get started. Today's swipe is from the 1950s and 1960s. This company called the Manhattan Advertising Agency created a string of wildly successful Volkswagen Beetle ads. You know the funny-looking bug car from Volkswagen? Well, I included some of the more rare landscape layout ads for non-magazine advertising. And these were wonderfully quirky and wonderfully funny. And I just like love this entire sequence of ads. And I found these horizontal layouts that were very unique. Uh, so one of my favorite ones says, two shapes known the world over. And it shows a tiny Coke bottle, like the old glass Coke bottle in that iconic shape. And then it shows the Volkswagen bug. And it's true, if you saw the silhouette profile of a Volkswagen Bug and a Coca-Cola bottle, I bet you know what each of them are. Uh, one of them says, nobody's perfect. And it's a horizontal landscape ad of a dapper looking 1950s gentleman uh, bending over and looking at a uh, flat tire. So they would openly poke fun at this car and that it can break down. But the good part was the parts were so cheap and replaceable that it didn't matter if it broke down, you could easily fix it real quick. And then there's one where it shows uh, the, the Volkswagen bug and in big text it says, it makes your house look bigger. <laughs> and that's kind of funny because the Volkswagen bug is so small. If you have a small house, it would make your house look huge. So I thought that was a hilarious set of ads. Um, here is a thought. So technology focused companies are generally the biggest in any free market. So the definition of technology is applying scientific knowledge for practical purposes like industry. So if you create a way to reduce the time cost or effort to accomplish something, there's an opportunity there. So let me reiterate that. If you do something that saves time, cost, and effort, there's probably an opportunity. So for example, uh, Google, they reduced the time and effort to find good search results on the web, and they did it at scale, so they got really big. And then Amazon reduced the time and effort to get stuff to your door very quickly, and they scaled and got very big. Exxon reduced the time, cost, and effort to extract oil, and that's why they got very big. They applied technology, uh, better cost efficiency, and less work to extract oil, therefore it got very large. Uh, Ahrefs, the SEO company, reduced the time and effort to find what search metrics people are searching for. Previously, this was very difficult to come by, if not impossible, and they made it possible so you could just quickly and easily do it. Uh, WordPress, the company that runs 43% plus of the internet, uh, at least by their software, they reduce the time, effort, and cost to publish on the web. And I remember before WordPress publishing on the web, and man, I mean, you have to know like HTML and use all sorts of crazy software. It was just a whole big mess. And then WordPress came along and you can instantly just start up a blog with very little technical education. So if you figure out a way to save people time, cost, effort, clicks, thinking, and tasks, you could potentially turn that into a business. Here is something uplifting. So I don't know about you, I think most people are like this, but I personally love doing household projects here and there. Not so much design and furniture, but more like the technical stuff of a house. So I love getting obsessed with something for like two to four weeks, and then I just kind of get over it and forget about it, and then I move on to the next thing. So right now at the moment, I'm geeking out on fully automating about 90% of the lights in my house. Now, I was gonna go the smart switch route, uh, because there's this big debate of should you do smart switches or smart bulbs. But in the end, I ended up going 100% on smart bulbs. And the reason was, 
I can control any bulb from any device without having to rely on the switch. So some of the switches in my house, the previous owner had laid them out in kind of a funky way. Um, I don't totally understand why some of them are where they are and why they control only the specific lights they control. So I was like, you know what? I can have complete 100% control over every single bulb if I go all smart bulbs. So I installed all the smart bulbs, at least on the downstairs so far, and I'm just testing things out. And it's kind of funny, like you can, you can turn on every single bulb downstairs, at least right now, with the push of a button. And it's it's actually kind of an odd sensation the first couple of times I saw it, because normally you're used to turning on lights in your house all piecemeal, like you go from one room, boop, turn on a couple lights in that room, go to the other side of the room, boop, turn on some other lights in that room. But right now it's like all the lights go whoosh, like all, it goes from complete pitch black to complete amazing light in like a split second. And then you can even with these uh, smart remotes, which you can stick around the house, meaning you don't actually have to drill them into a wall. You just literally stick them anywhere. Some of them are even magnetic. All you, you can actually push them again and it dims the lights. You push it again, it goes to the bottom setting again, and then it goes all the way back up. So you can cycle through different, uh, different levels of brightness. Now, I actually have Hue lights in my office and my bedroom where I currently live before I'm moving into the house. And the funny thing I noticed was that you can turn your room like green and red and all sorts of funny colors with these lights. But honestly, I just use the plain white color all the time. So I didn't even bother doing color lights because you just like, I, I just don't use that, like that feature. It's kind of cool to show someone like, hey, look, I can turn this room red. But I just don't do that ever. So I just went with all white bulbs through most of the house. So um, now it's rendered about 20 different hardwire switches completely useless. So I have all these switches around the house that are very tempting to push and pull and switch on and off, but they don't actually really do anything. In fact, if you turn them off, sometimes it kind of ruins it because then the smart bulbs won't work. So I'm actually gonna go down a rabbit hole once I get this all set up of learning how to plaster holes in the wall. So I've been watching all these YouTube videos. It'll be a fun project. And most likely I'm gonna screw up a couple of them and have to call someone and replace them like with the professional. But I don't know, it's just a fun uh, tactic and project I'm gonna learn and see how it goes. Uh, so here is a picture. And this is from the classic magazine ads, The Man in the Hathaway Shirt. But get this little uh, tidbit of history that's kind of interesting. I was watch looking at these ads and I've talked about the man in the Hathaway shirt ads all the time. And I was looking up like who, like what was this company, right? And it was called CF Hathaway Company and they owned the shirt subsidiary. And I was like, Hathaway, like Berkshire Hathaway. And so I started, I researched it. Sure enough, you know what Berkshire Hathaway is? The, the, the holding company Warren Buffett bought. So in 1964, he bought a textiles company called Berkshire Hathaway. And it was a failing company. He thought he was gonna make some money on it. In fact, it was a horrible investment all around, but he ended up just buying other companies through that company. And then it ended up calling it Berkshire Hathaway. So ironically, a failed textile company is Berkshire Hathaway, one of the largest companies on the entire planet. So here's the funny thing. C.F. Hathaway Company had this shirt company and they merged with Berkshire Fine Spinning Associates in 1955. And that's the company that Warren Buffett bought. So if you've ever seen the man in the Hathaway shirts, the guy with the, the dapper looking gentleman with the eye patch, they sell like, you know, just basic shirts. Um, that is now Berkshire Hathaway, one of the largest companies in the world. What a, what a random piece of history, isn't, it, isn't that funny? So I just thought that was hilarious. 
Here is something interesting, or at least I think it's interesting. Um, I'm what you call a Parsi Zoroastrian. So a Zoroastrian is, Zoroastrianism is a religion. And then a Parsi is a Zoroastrian from the India or Pakistan region. So my parents are both from India. So I am a Parsi Zoroastrian. And there's less than 100,000 of us in the entire world. So it's a very, very tiny little religion that's kind of, you know, going extinct. And I always thought the motto of Zoroastrianism was pretty great. And let me read it to you. I thought it was always very beautiful. It's good thoughts, good words, good deeds. That's it. Um, I think it's a simple and beautiful motto to live by. Good thoughts, good words, good deeds. I always thought of all the things in Zoroastrianism, like that was, that was just, that summed up life so well. And I've always loved it. So I hope you like that. Good thoughts, good words, good deeds. And then this is a, uh, well, this is a quote. It's actually a drawing on the, uh, the post. So it says, if you write something good, you have the power to change neural arrangements in someone's head. And this is a quote by Balaji Srivastanan. He's a venture capitalist, partner at A16Z, all around like pretty smart individual. And I drew a GIF of an article and a brain with a little neural net going into it and they merge and now the article is inside the neural net. So I really liked this because it reminds me of something I've always told copywriting students, that copywriting is basically getting something from my brain to your brain or my brain to a million brains. So it's just transferring information in the most efficient way. And when copywriting course was spelled with a K, I'd always tell people, I never liked the term copywriting that much because it implies that you're only writing down words on a page, but that is just one form of human communication. And honestly, it's not even the best form sometimes. Because for example, if I write something in English, well, someone in Africa wouldn't necessarily be able to read that if they speak a different language and read a different language, right? Whereas if I show someone a picture of an elephant, everyone in the world will know what an elephant is. So visual learning is actually sometimes a lot better than text. So I always tell people, you know, copywriting is going from one brain to another in the most efficient way possible. So I really like this quote that if you write something good, you have the power to change neural arrangements in someone's head. How powerful. I love it. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed these little tidbits. I hope you have a happy Friday. And this has been an edition of the stupid email and stupid means swipe thought, uplifting picture, interesting and drawing. Uh, it's Friday, April 9th, 2021. I hope you like this and I hope you have a wonderful day. Talk to you later. This is Neville Medora. Bye.